When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Marnie Vinge, and this is Irioki. Join me and my friends as we explore the darker side of the Sooner State. I'm Marnie Vinge, and this is Irioki, and I'm here today again with Bryce Holland. He is back for more punishment. <laughs> always, always happy to come. This yes. is, uh, this is, this is my, uh, well, this is, this is the stuff I like to talk yeah, about. <laughs> this is fun stuff to talk about. Yeah. This is, this is really fun. This is the stuff you can't talk about at like Thanksgiving right, with your family. Right. <laughs> like you bring it up and everybody's like, oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so today we're talking about something that's kind of, um, really unique, I think in Oklahoma history slash lore, Um, we're talking about the Beaver Dune State Park, which has something known as Shaman's Portal. So, um, I've got a few sources that I've used today. I used a website that is from a writer. Her name is Jean Marie Bajas, and I used the Red Dirt Report, and I looked at some posts on Reddit, and Ranker, do do with that what you will. There was a little bit of information on there. Um, so I guess we're just gonna get started and talk about this. So, um... Beaver, Oklahoma is located in Beaver County, which is about 3.5 hours northwest of Oklahoma City, which is like a very Oklahoma way to measure distance. <laughs> I mean, they 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 really call it no man's land out yes. there. Um, I mean, oh, that, yeah. that's that's sort of a uh, I mean, that's that's not a derogatory thing. That's something right. that they call it. The, the Panhandle is, is such a weird area because, I mean, it, it was originally part of Texas. And if I remember correctly, I, I think there was some sort of like federal law that texas couldn't hold on to the land so they had to sort of just like cede it to oklahoma i didn't so, know that yeah I, it, I wish i'd done a little bit more research on this but if i remember correctly i believe they they had to give up the land for some reason okay and so they sort of just were like all right we're we're done with it and so it just became part of oklahoma and you know it's it's such a narrow strip of land, but there's mm-hmm. still a lot of people that live out there and a yeah. lot of stuff out there. And it's that weird, you know, it, it sort of encapsulates that weird idea. Um, a lot of people don't, you know, if you listen to like the 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 old the Oklahoma song, you know, when the wind comes sweeping down the plain. Yeah. A lot of people have this this notion that that is what Oklahoma is, is that mm-hmm. it's just all plains. But if you look at the state, we're kind of this geographic crossroads where you've got the the prairie up in sort of the north uh northeast quadrant yeah as you start going down southeast you've got some mountains but a lot of swampland mm-hmm. even and a lot of pine forest like marshy areas then as yeah and then as you go towards the southwest you've got like the wichita mountains type area and then as you start going up into that that northwest quadrant you get into some serious desert out there it's very southwest united it is. states it yeah. is and i mean you get full on desert with sand dunes and everything which is where this this yes. area is at beaver dunes park which a lot is, of people go out there to do atvs and stuff yeah like, i mean 
it's it's a full yeah. on desert out there, and um, you know it's it, so it, it's it's kind of neat that this this phenomenon, the Beaver Dunes <laughs> legend, as it yeah. were, uh, is is indicative of of how diverse Oklahoma is geographically. Yes, very much so. Um, my family is actually from Kenton, which is about. I, when I was looking at the map, I was kind of surprised that it said that it was only about a three-hour, 39- or 37-minute drive because Kenton is kind of out, but also Kenton is in the very, very, very northwest corner of the Panhandle. Yeah. It's like right there on the state lines and the cornerstone and everything, but it is that geographic area that's very like yeah. deserty and... Um, Looks like something out of a spaghetti western. Yeah, where I went to high school in Canadian Oklahoma, I actually knew a lot of people that went to college at Panhandle State University oh, wow. in okay. Guymon. Yes, very close to that. Yeah, yeah. and so it's it's kind of out that way. So I know a lot of people that, that have gone out to the Panhandle, you know, for for various reasons. Yeah, um, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely different out there, um, and I don't mean that in a bad way. It's not bad. Okay, so um, this place like the legends surrounding it stretch back all the way into the 1500s um so the first thing that we know about this area is that coronado when he was searching for the seven cities of gold um he went through like the southwest part of the united states right and went through this area which um is now known as beaver dunes and he had some native guides who were telling him and his men do not go into the dunes like that. That's bad. That's don't do that. And so, of course, they didn't listen as as the Spanish explorers always did. They right. never listened because, <laughs> right. well, we call them explorers. They were they were conquerors is what they were. Yes, they were, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so they didn't listen and they went ahead. And um, according to I believe it's his journal, it's either his journal or the journal of a friar that was with him. Um, the. There were three men who went into the dunes and they were hunting game, I believe, and they were taken in a flash of green lightning. And in the journal, the person who wrote it, either Coronado or the friar, wrote that it was the work of the devil. Yeah. And I mean, I suppose take that. I mean, the green flash is kind of the interesting thing to me. I mean, the work of the devil. I mean, everything was the work of the devil. Right. Yeah. yeah, 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 they, They thought, you know female sexuality was the work of the yes. devil and, and <laughs> they are, you know. they are responsible for the inquisition. So. Yeah. So, I mean that I, I, I take for what it's, you know, take that for what it's yeah. worth. But, uh, you know, I, that green detail the, though, the, the green flash of light. I mean, for, I mean, whatever that could have been, um, you know, if it actually did happen, um, is the part that's kind of interesting to me. Yeah. The part that it, the, the fact that it, it's maybe kind of corroborated is, is interesting. Um, I think it's probably more likely that, you know, these guys, I don't know, killed themselves, killed each right. other or something yeah. like that. Yeah, needed, turned on each other Needed out some there. type of cover up. Yeah. Um, so that's the first, like, mention of this in history. And um, there have been several stories that have circulated um, since, like, the 70s, 80s, 90s. Um, and they're from the article on Ranker and also from Jean-Marie Baja's blog, um, there is mention of a Dr. Mark Thatcher who worked with Oklahoma State University. And um, the quote says, in the 1990s, Dr. Mark Thatcher studied Shaman's Portal for three years after receiving strange reports from an Oklahoma State University archaeologist. 
only to be chased away from the site by men in suits with government credentials. This has led many to believe it is the site of a UFO crash and there is an alien craft buried beneath the dunes. Allegedly, anyone who learns anything about it disappears. The uh, the possible alien crash, I mean, the thing that gets me about that, one of my all-time favorite movies is The Thing. Yeah. And so when I hear about a possible buried UFO, that's what I immediately start to yes. think of. And, uh, you know, the the weird occurrences out there have, have shades of The Thing, I think. Um, people seeing, you know, weird people approaching them and whatnot. Yeah. Um, the, you know, they some of the legend gets into there's there's been apparently a lot of men in black activity out there which you know i know a lot of people when they think of men in black they think of the the will smith and, yes. and tommy lee jones movies but if you start looking into the phenomenon of of the men in black and the stories over time that those that those movies are based off of the real well, i say the real the supposed phenomenon of men in black mm. is very 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 bizarre yes um because the they're, the men in black are, are always sort of described as barely human. Yes, they're, yeah. They're these, yeah. these, these, uh, you know, they in, in the movie, they're these cool agents with these suits and everything mm -hmm. like that. But it, when you hear these stories, the stories all talk about these vaguely albino yes, looking. very pale. You know, very, very, pale. very pale, hairless for the most part, mm -hmm. uh, bald often. Yeah. Um, and they, they speak some type of like broken kind of like, Mm. Like how you uh, would imagine an alien or something yes, would well, speak English. Yeah, and so the yeah. men in black almost seem to be aliens themselves. Right. Um, and so the fact that there's apparently men in black activity out there or, or you know, that, mm -hmm. that people have spotted, that I find really interesting. You know, the, the whole story of, of Beaver Dunes, the thing that, that gets me about it is that it encompasses a lot of different things. So you've got, you've got stretching back to the beginning, you've got a lot of native folklore. Yes. Um, there's... This notion that uh, the the whole area of Beaver Dunes Park is supposedly built on top. Well, not really built, but because there's nothing really built out there. I mean, it's mm -hmm. a nature preserve and right. a state park, but that underneath is an ancient Indian burial ground. Yes. Um, so you've got some a, a lot of native folklore out there. You've got the explorers coming in, talking about a supposed portal to hell. So you've got some quasi black magic going on you've got possible interdimensional travel that people mm -hmm. talk about you've got people say that they think a, a ufo could be buried under there causing a lot yes. of these weird things you've got um weird military excavations and expeditions that have been spotted out there yeah and, and then you've got the men in black supposedly so you've got all these things it reminds me of probably the more famous case of the Skinwalker Ranch in Utah, the, the Ballard uh, outside of, I believe it's Ballard, Utah. Mm -hmm. um, if you if you haven't heard that that story before, the Skinwalker Ranch is this this place in Utah, this ranch owned by this family that has had a lot of very very weird paranormal activity out there, everything ranging from poltergeist activity to UFOs to um again you've got kind of the native thing I mean, it's called skinwalker ranch for a reason the the, the uh, navajo legend of the the skinwalkers these sort of um shape-shifting uh, mm -hmm. uh basically they're they're witches a lot of the times mm -hmm. it, it, i mean that's kind of the best word i can think of to use um and then you've got uh weird potential cryptid activity out there yeah um of... in the um oh sorry to interrupt no yeah, you. yeah um okay i wanted to mention there's a book called hunt for the skinwalker that is um the subtitle is science confronts the unexplained at a remote ranch in utah i have actually read this book it's um, a really good book it is a really good book it's by colm a 
Kelleher. I, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Yeah, I think that's um, right. Okay, and George Knapp. And um, that was one of the things that was really fascinating to me about that book was like, it had so many different facets to it, the stuff yeah. that was going on out there. Like there was the, um, I believe the guy who lived there saw the giant wolf-like creatures and then his cattle were being mutilated. That was kind of like the cryptid right. sort of activity. And then there was also an instance where, several instances actually, where he looked up in the sky and saw kind of an opening that he believed was like a portal to another universe yeah, or another dimension. Yeah. Um, so there was a lot of spooky stuff going on out there. And um, the scientist actually like holed up in that ranch for, I want to say, it may say here on the description. Um, well, it says hunt, spend hundreds of days and nights on the Skinwalker property. I know that it was more than a year. They actually lived, kind of lived and worked on the ranch doing research yeah. about what was going on out there. Well, there's... The, the parallels between the Skinwalker Ranch and the Beaver Dunes, I, I find really, really interesting. Um, you know, the Beaver Dunes, <laughs> it's like, like a lot of legends, there's there's a lot of uh, hearsay and conjecture that yes. goes uh, goes on with it, um, which I always find kind of interesting when you, when you get these stories and... You can tell that that somewhere along the line, someone in in this in this story or this legend has tried to interject some type of science or proof in it. I mean, I know with Beaver Dunes, um, I believe it was in uh, 1995. There's supposedly a group of geologists went out yes. to to Beaver Dunes um, from some university in Oklahoma, mm -hmm. but. If you do any of the reading online, you you won't find right. It's any like named it's university. debated and like yeah. yeah some people say sure. it was OU. It, OSU, some people say yeah. it was OSU. It, I mean, it could be any university in Oklahoma. Right. But these guys went out there. Apparently, took soil samples from mm -hmm. the area, and the the soil came back very very weird. It was apparently ionized mm -hmm. and uh, had had. Uh, it was apparently very very strange. A lot of electromagnetic interference in the soil, which I don't really know what that yeah. means. I don't know exactly what that means. But what, what else? it could be but yeah, but it's still kind of interesting it is interesting and i think that that is because of that a lot of people think oh there's definitely a ufo down in there and it makes me think of um did you watch any of the reboot of the x-files that was on a couple years ago i, I watched i watched the first uh, i guess it would have been season what was that season 10 yeah um i watched i watched season 10 um i did not watch season 11 i did not either um uh, there's an episode though in season 10 where I think there is, it's supposed to be the Roswell crash, I think. Yeah. And yeah. it kind of makes me think of that cause it's kind of that landscape and, yeah. and it, I don't know. It's just, it's really interesting to think about. Well, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird story because it's, this is one of those, those legends, one of those stories that doesn't have, a specific incident tied to it. Right. You know, the Skinwalker Ranch, um, the, the thing about that is there's actually the, the family that, that lived at the ranch that purchased it. There is a lot of specific incidents that happened there yes. at the, at the ranch. And, and so that, that sort of, uh, there, there's a great episode of last podcast on the left. I think they did a two parter yes. on Skinwalker Ranch. Yes, they did. There was really, really good where they went into a lot of the detail of some of these, these stories. And it, it lends a certain amount of credence when you've got very specific incidents. The thing about the Beaver Dunes that is, it, it takes away from the validity of the story a little mm -hmm. bit, but 
also kind of makes it a little more fun, I think, is that there is no specific stories. The only specific right. story we have is of some explorers in the 1500s. Right, yeah. And and there are so many weird stories from the explorers of that that time that were, you know, traveling across Asia and then into the Americas and talking about, I mean, how many stories did you have of, of Marco Polo talking about, you know, these these weird, like, dog-faced men mm-hmm. um, in, like, the mountains of India that he and he, he encountered? I've heard of with. that. That's oh, if you never awesome. heard you need to look into that. Okay, yeah, Mar- yeah, Marco Polo on his on his voyages to Asia, um, there's a lot of weird stuff buried in his journals about these strange things that he saw. But one of them was, and it's very casual if I if I remember correctly, in one of these journals, he was just talking about like, yeah, we were going through, and there were these guys, and they were men, but they had the heads of dogs, and we traded with them, and you know, <laughs> like no big deal, and like no big deal. <laughs> so it's it's kind of funny, yeah. um, but. You know, a lot of times those things is just these these guys are walking around and something happens and they can't explain it. So they're like, well, we'll just, you know, throw whatever we can out there. So that's really the only concrete thing you have with Beaver Dunes. The rest of it is just sort of these broad stories of an unnamed university. Some unnamed people went out there, found some soil, tested it. But we don't know anything more than that. Uh, The thing I like about it is that. It just, I mean, clearly this is just kind of a spooky place to go out to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think over time people, you know, there, there's lots of these weird spooky places. And there's actually several of them in Oklahoma. There's actually, um, oh, God, I need to remember exactly where it is. There's a forest. Um, the Parallel in, Forest. The Parallel Forest. Yes, yes I, I, I can't remember the exact location of it. But, you know, these trees were all planted, like not by mystical means they were planted this way by the government in these parallel lines yeah and i know that one of the things they say about the forest out there is that there's supposedly if you get to like the center of the forest there's some weird like satanic altar they think out there people say it's a satanic altar Mm -hmm. it's some stones out there if you i've seen a picture of it it's (laughs) some stones but people are like oh satanic altar it's like the purple church it's a basement (laughs) exactly um and so uh these these trees though they're planted in these parallel lines and it's a big thick forest. And if you go out there, you can get turned around very easily because anywhere you turn, it's just parallel rows Looks of exactly trees. exactly the same. And so you can get real turned around. So there's nothing inherently supernatural out there, but it's kind of spooky because everything right. looks the same no matter where you stand and you can get mm-hmm. turned around really easily. I'm sure you're out on the dunes at night. I mean, there's, you know, I'm sure on a clear night, there's there's probably weird weather phenomenon that happens out there mm-hmm. um, that you can see, you know, distant flashes of light and stuff like that, uh, heat lightning and things like that. I'm sure it gets really spooky. And so people have, you know, created it yeah. into this, this thing. But I, I kind of like that because I like these stories where you can sort of, I, I feel like the the legend can keep evolving over time. Yes. And that I think is pretty fun. That That is kind of fun. And that was one of the things I wanted to touch on was the atmosphere when you are out in that part of the state at night. And um, I remember from when we would go to Kenton, um, we would stay at this little bed and breakfast um, because there there weren't any motels. It, the town is very, very tiny. I think there are like less than 100 people that live there. And um, at night, my grandpa would tell us, you be careful taking the dogs out because we would take our dogs with us on this trip. And he'd be like, you be careful taking the dogs out because there are mountain lions and bobcats out here. Yeah. And, and so my mom and I, my mom, of course, grew up part of her life out there. And I grew up a tiny bit out there. But um, I can remember being out at night and there is no light pollution from the city. The stars are so clear. Like Kenton is one of the favorite places for stargazers to go yeah, in Oklahoma. Yeah. And um, 
But I mean, it's dead quiet. So if coyotes are howling in a pack somewhere, you know, yeah. it's spooky. It's, well, and if if you're not used to right, like exactly. a, a, a like an open like a real open night sky, there's a there's a famous story I think from um, the 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 1940s in Los Angeles. Yes, um, during World War II, um, there was you know there was uh, uh, threats of uh, there there was this this supposed threat of Japanese bombers coming in and bombing Los Angeles, mm-hmm. um, coming in and, and because Pearl Harbor had happened and people were on high alert. And there was one night in particular where I think they, they all got this idea. We should shut down all the lights, um, in case any planes fly over and, and, you know, so they won't see anything when they shut off all the lights for the first time, like since the founding of Los Angeles, there's no light pollution. And, people suddenly could see the night sky for the first yeah. time in Los Angeles. And a lot of people freaked out because they'd never seen stars or, or anything like that before. And it was mm-hmm. apparently a really clear night. If you're not used to that open night sky, it can be a little intimidating when you first finally oh, yeah. see it. And out there, those, those areas, I mean, like, you know, we, we talked about this the last time I was, I was here, but um, you know, when I was out in the woods, you know, doing my, my, my documentary, um, there was a couple nights where we were out there on a full moon night and the sky was perfectly clear. The only light around for miles was that full moon in the sky. It was almost like daylight outside. Yes. Like so much light was coming off that moon. And I mean, if you're not used to that, that it can be very, very spooky. I mean, we're, we're walking around. It is, it's two in the morning and it was, I, I mean, I don't want to say it was like daylight. It was clearly night outside, but there was enough light from the moon that we could see where we were going, walking through the trees and everything like that. Yeah, it's de- it's definitely something that I think if you've never experienced that, it can be kind of unnerving. Yeah, like for sure. And um, I have never I, I always try to communicate to people because we have coyotes out here and yeah. um, sometimes at night out here. Like if it's a quiet night, like there's no music going on down at the bar at the corner and all of that, like the coyotes howling, it can be kind of eerie, especially when they get, they do this thing, um, called night talking. And I don't know if you've ever heard them do that where it's like the, the coyotes. Yes. They I don't do, think I ever, ever okay, heard Okay. It's that. called night talking and they, it's like they're yipping to each other like it's the whole pack yeah it's well just like no no going, i have i have yeah. heard that before because the sound of a coyote can be really really unnerving if you don't yes. know what it is because you see one and you think oh it's a dog right and so your brain expects it to make a dog noise yeah but it's not a dog noise it's like a screaming something yes, or other it, like it's very it's, it's eerie it's, it's really bad like <laughs> if, if you're not used to a coyote sound you hear that noise coming out of it it's yeah. it's really weird it is weird yeah coyotes are and and they're all out there and like i mean i can just remember kitten being like um there was there's this one story that my mom told me um when she and my aunt were probably about 13 or so my uncle who lives out in kitten still to this day um, he was like, let's go climb a hill at night. And it was like you said, like the moon was out. It was a clear night so they could see everything that they were doing. And they got to the top of the hill and they were quite a ways from the house. And all of a sudden they hear coyotes howling. And so that's not a big deal. But then they start climbing down the hill and the coyotes howl again and they're closer. And then they howl again and they're getting closer. And so, I mean, that kind of thing 
yeah that 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 is spooky if you're not used to to nature if you're not not mm-hmm. used to those kind of things it can be really really weird i mean i i grew up in southern california originally um and when we moved to oklahoma you know we we moved to the the southeast part of oklahoma and we moved from i i, I was originally born and raised in a in a coastal beach town uh mm-hmm. in orange county california um and then we moved to the town of canadian oklahoma in the middle of the woods, the nearest closest towns to us were McAllister about 30 miles to our South and Eufaula about 10 miles to our North. So we were in the middle of kind of nowhere there. Um, and for the first little while, I like, I'll never forget. (laughs) We'd moved to the middle of the woods and it was, uh, it was 1997 when we, when we moved there. Um, and two years later, a movie came out that, some people will say is they, they they don't find it very scary and everything, but I was still getting used to living in the woods, so it terrified me in a way to this day that I I still very very profound. I mean, that's the Blair Witch Project. Yeah, um, because I was not used to the woods, and then <laughs> yeah. suddenly I watched this movie about these people going out in the woods. It looks like it could be a documentary, yeah. and. That, uh, oh, that, that movie just, it terrified me the first time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, if you're if you're not used to nature in that way, if you're not used to it, it, it can be very, very scary. Um, mm. and, and it can be unnerving to see real nature, you know, presented in that way when mm. you've never seen it before, just seen it, you know, in, in movies or photographs. Yeah, and especially, like, going back to what, Coronado and his men supposedly saw with the green lightning. I mean, I know that if I saw green lightning, it would probably freak me out pretty bad. I mean, yeah, which I can understand it would be an effect of like the atmosphere and stuff. Well, like that, and, but... and I'm sure you, you've heard the legends of like uh, the, the will of the wisp, um, you know, know. Or, or like swamp lights. Yes. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know, mm-hmm. um, and you, 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 there's these weird, you know, light things, light formations that can happen you know, caused by releases of gas. I mean, this is Oklahoma. I mean, mm-hmm. we've got a lot of natural gas going on yes. here. Um, I, I don't exactly know how much natural gas there would have been back in the 1500s, mm-hmm. but it's very possible that there was, you know, something along those lines. Yeah. Um, leaking up through the ground and that stuff ignites and, you know. In a flash of lightning. You, you get a lot of weird colors yeah. and everything. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think... One of the things that um, one of the things that I looked at, uh, they said that possibly the men were just incinerated by the lightning, and I thought that was kind of amusing. <laughs> I don't know why, but um, one well, of the things- I mean, you've got these these guys. I mean, come on, they, they were Spanish conquistadors in the 1500s yeah. here, and of course they say that you know, oh, the Native Americans told them not to go. These guys were conquerors. They, yeah. they probably murdered the Native Americans that right. were there. These were these were not good men, right? Yeah. Um, so you don't feel too sorry the, for them. The, that the, they... the, the stories of Coronado and all those those early Spanish explorers mm. that came over to the Americas. Um, none of them did anything good. No. So, no. Uh, yeah. you know, when, when I hear the story of them disappearing, I, I, I can't feel that bad. For no, them. I don't either. Um, one thing I wanted to go back and touch on, um, and I think I've talked a little bit about this maybe on the podcast before, but maybe not. And I'm going to talk about it again. So, um, the thing about military vehicles and personnel being in the area, that makes people think there's some kind of like government conspiracy to keep people from discovering what's really going on. Um, kind of ties into the UFO yeah. underground kind of thing. Well, my uncle 
when I know this for a fact that some of the people in Kenton, there is an area close to there called Pinion Canyon and some kind of military um, operation is going on there, which I do not believe has any kind of like conspiratorial overtones to it. But a lot of the people out there do believe that. Well, and you know, that's, that's the thing, you know, conspiracy theories are, are, are kind of a, they're kind of a, a weird, well, of course they're a weird thing, but um, the thing that I find is that, you know, once I find that once you believe in one conspiracy theory, it's a lot easier to believe <laughs> yeah. in that everything is a conspiracy theory yes. or that, or believe in all the other ones. And so, you know, I, I'm sh- I'm sure, I mean, it, it could very easily be a military exercise going on. Right. There. I mean, Oklahoma has got a military presence. I mean, we've mm. got, how many bases do we have in Oklahoma? We got Fort Seal. We got Tinker. We've got. Is Lawton? Oh, that's, is... that's Fort Seal. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I, but there's at least a couple others. I okay. Think. A yeah. couple other installations. I, I, I think you have the ammunition plant down in McAllister, which okay. is a military installation. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's a few in Oklahoma, and so mm. to know that you know something's going on up in the the northwest part of the state, I mean that that doesn't really surprise me, and I, I don't right. I don't necessarily think that there's anything nefarious going on there, mm. um, but you know who knows? I I do know that um... the, the thing you know I will say this about conspiracy theories, you know, I, there aren't a lot that I believe in. I mm-hmm. find them very fascinating, but you know it only takes one of them to be right. That's true. That <laughs> it, is true. It really only takes one of them. So I say that I don't believe in a lot of them, but. It only takes one of them. One of the most interesting ones I've ever heard that I think is the most plausible one that I've ever heard is about JFK. And there's a Netflix documentary about it, and I can't remember the name of it. But their theory was that, yes, there was a second shooter, but the second shooter was one of the Secret Service men who was not very well trained at the yeah, time. Yeah, that's that's a yeah. that is one of the theories is that essentially JFK he, got scared and it he, went he off. was he was shot by a guy protecting him and yes. then they had to kind of cover it up. Yes. Yeah, that, yeah. That, which, I've heard that story before. Which to me that of everything I've heard from that that conspiracy I'm like, you know, I could I could maybe see that. <laughs> yeah. Like I could maybe see that having happened. But yeah, I mean it's uh, one of the things that I saw a post on Reddit where someone was asking for personal experiences with the men in black out at Beaver Dunes. And unfortunately, no one had any. Personal, nobody. Yeah. Yeah. No, nobody had any personal stories. I only know one person's personal story about men in black. Uh, and, men, in, men in black stories are always very, very scary. They yes. are, they are, there has never been a men in black story. If you if you read up on the history of them. And, and the stories of the men in black date back. I mean, there's they're stories of weird men in black approaching people for stuff that go mm-hmm. back centuries. I mean, they go back. Really? Oh, yeah. They know There's stories of, of these weird sort of strange visitors warning people away from stuff that, that go back a, a long ways in a lot of different cultures. Okay. I'm going to have to look into that. I didn't yeah, know it, that it went back further than I always thought it was kind of originated with like Roswell. No, well, you know, to to plug last podcast on mm-hmm. the left again, they did a multi-part series yes. on the Men in Black that that it is so re- good. really good listening. There where they talk about the history of, you know, just weird, you know, exposure to these these men if they are men because they mm-hmm. never sound like men. They right. always sound like aliens. Yeah. Um and and yeah, they're just weird. I think um I'm not sure if I told this story or not, but I have a friend who has actually been on the podcast um, and her grandma had an experience 
with the men in black at all of all places at IHOP. Oh, an Oklahoma incident? Yes. Okay. Yes. And um, what happened was there was this man that um, he and his father always came into IHOP and they would always eat breakfast on like Saturday or Sunday or something like that. It was a ritual. They were always there. And um, they kind of knew a little bit about him and they that he worked for the government. And his father died. And then he came in and there were a few times he came in and he was talking to himself and kind of not doing too well. And she said that one day these two men in black that fit the description exactly like that walked into the restaurant, got him by the arms and walked him out and nobody ever saw him again. I mean, they're, they're always really creepy stories. Yeah. My favorite, my favorite depiction of the men in black in, in any type of uh, media actually um, I, I love the Barry Sonnenfeld movies. I, I, I love them. And, you know, they got, they got a new one coming out uh, this summer, I guess. Really? Yeah, Men in Black International. It's oh, my gonna, gosh. It's going to have Chris Hemsworth and uh, okay. uh, Tessa Tessa Thompson. Okay. Um, it, it actually looks pretty good. It looks pretty enjoyable. Um, but my favorite appearance of the Men in Black ever was not from those movies. It was from what I think is the best episode of the X-Files ever made. Uh, I w- it was a season two episode uh called jose chung's from outer space that is one of the best one of the, episodes. one of the best episodes of i mean for me one of the best episodes of tv ever but seeing the men in black played by jesse the body ventura and alex trebek uh in one of the best tv cameos ever that that depiction of the men in black is one of my favorite things that is ever. such a good episode of the x Files. yeah that is like that is that one and um Humbug. Our oh one, yeah, Humbug is oh, one those, of my favorites. Well, yeah. those those uh, sort of uh, bottle kind of funny episodes yeah. of the X Files were, I mean, th- those were the best. They were the best. They were, were definitely really the best. The best. <laughs> yeah, but I guess I don't have too much more about Beaver Dunes. No, it's it. You know, I mean, like I said, it's it's a weird story because there's no specifics to it. Mm-hmm. There's no like all like it's sort of a a mishmash, a collection of random ideas people right. say i mean you you hear about the notion of the the buried ufo but no one really knows and no one's ever really seen it they right. just go oh there's supposedly a ufo buried yeah. out there people supposedly disappear but we don't mm. have any names of these right. people yeah it's one of these it's one of these broad legends i mean to me i i've they say that that uh that um Beaver Dunes is Oklahoma's Bermuda Triangle. That's, yes. a, that's another name yes, for it. I and that. I think that's a very apt description because much like the Bermuda Triangle, it's just sort of this catch-all legend that there's no real specifics to it. I mean, right. you hear about a ship going missing and, oh, it just kind of happened to be in the vicinity of the Bermuda Triangle. So clearly it was the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. Not realizing that, you know, sometimes boats just sink. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and sometimes people just go missing and sometimes there's weird flashes of light. And sometimes, I mean, it is a state park. Yeah. Um, so it is operated by a government. It stands to reason that there'd be some government personnel out there. Out sometimes. there. So it's just, it's one of those weird stories where, like I said, I, I mean, I, I kind of compare it to the Skinwalker ranch in the sense that it's got, it's got so many different facets to it, mm-hmm. but there's nothing really specific. But again, I think that that makes it really interesting because you can inject a lot into it and it sort of helps it. You, I mean, this is a legend that could keep growing forever Oh yeah, because there, there's yeah. no major specifics to it. And I feel like it's also something that 
doesn't do anything but help the beaver dunes because uh, i would think yeah. lots of people would be like what's going on out there i'm gonna go check i mean it apparently out. a lot of people go out there mm-hmm. just because they want to see potential weird stuff yeah um so i mean i to me it's one of those it's one of those great urban legends that apparently seems to sort of help the economy yeah i mean it's kind of like honubi in yes and you know with, with all their bigfoot stuff they've turned it into a tourist attraction mm-hmm. and that to me i think is great yeah i definitely think i think there's nothing wrong with that that's awesome but yeah, I guess that that's that's all we've got for you today. You got any anything you want to plug your Instagram or anything like that? Um, you know, I I have uh, over the last well, pretty much since the last time I was on the podcast, I've abandoned almost all social media. I don't blame you. Um, yeah, it's just I I've, I find it a, more of a time suck for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I mean, I still have an Instagram mm-hmm. uh, at Bryce B Holland. You can see mostly a lot of pictures of my kids yeah. <laughs> on there. Yeah. Um, and then I, I do have my website, uh, BriceBHolland.com. Uh, I've got a lot of my films and, and videos there. And, and Which, check out his film about the Bigfoot Festival. It's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I, I appreciate that. It's, yeah, it's is, really uh, fun. It's a, it's a fun little documentary, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I got. Okay. Well, um, the only thing I've got is the Facebook group and follow us on Instagram at Irioki and Facebook is the same. And also if you want to follow me for my writing stuff, like my day-to-day stuff that I do as a novelist, you can follow me at MNVenge on Instagram. And I think that that's all I got. So bye y'all. Stay spooky.